Ladies and gentlemen, we got Chris Thomas. You got Jamal Thomas. Hey, listen to the running back sports show, sports for the coach. What is going on, everybody? What is going on? What's good, people? I miss y'all out there in TV land. Yeah, we are live in the, in the cool studio here today. Oh yeah, for sure. They got they got AC in this joint. Yeah, this this cool here hitting different. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just want to go home and blast my AC. Yo, I, my to. mom warming up the crib right now. I can't <laughs> wait. Yeah, no. Nah, I only want my drawing up when I'm in the crib. You know, I mean, so I got a dog. I can't just let him sit in there. And I mean, I mean, that's die. different for you. I mean, yeah, no, I, can't I mean, I mean, for me, like the way this electricity bills be going up in the summer, you got to be cautious. Yeah, no, I mean, that's fair. Yeah. You know, so some people don't got the money, you know, to spend like $200 on a, on a monthly electric bill. No, real right. And if you want to call to join the discussion, this number is 215-763-9596. We actually have a really good show for you today. We're still going to be discussing um, NFL fr- and if NBA free agency moves, Philadelphia 76ers. Um, what's going on in the All-Star break? Last night's uh, home run home run derby, tonight's All-Star game, and we're also going to be talking some NFL as well. Quarterback archetypes and a 2022 redraft. Okay. We're just going to do the first 10 picks and then just. For sure. Yep. For sure. For then sure. week by week, we'll just chip off. Exactly. Yeah. We'll get there. Yeah. And, uh. Obviously, the big news about in regards to NFL free agents, uh, NBA free agents, oh my God, is the fact that Damian Lillard is still a Portland Trailblazer for the time being. Listen, um, I got a lot of weird thoughts about this because I've been going through like a perception is reality kind of thing in real life right now. Mm-hmm. And so for me, my thing here is like, there's a million ways to look at this. There's you could say, well, Dame doesn't owe them crap because he's been so patient for so long and they haven't been able to build a team around him. You could say, well, Dame handcuffed them and no one told him to make him a, a, give him a Supermax, but by them giving him a Supermax, they now have paid him an exorbitant amount of money and can't necessarily bring other stars there. It's Portland. Other stars don't really want to play in Portland. Um, I also think, like, to make a random side, no, it's not random, it's about Dame Miller, but... When, it's funny how when, like, people, and we do this all, we all do it, to be honest. Mm-hmm. When people are on the, on the downfall or, like, there's some sort of vulnerability, the phrase people can't kick you when you're down, they can't wait to try to kick you down. But one of the funniest, hilarious moments was, like, a Portland fan, he said something about, you know, the Dame situation, and, like, their quote tweet was, well, at least we don't have to hear any more of his music. And I only laughed because it was, like, that was some hate and stuff to say. I'm proud of you. That was funny. But it also was like legitimately some hate and stuff to say, and it was like, so wait, you're salty now for a guy who bent his back over for you, and now he wants to do what's best for him. He's the bad guy. Personally, I've been going back and forth about this all week, but in the predicament that I am, I understand I'm 100% behind him. Yeah. I am. Just, just people that. get mad, and people can say whatever they want. I'm 100% behind him. I am. Because for Dame, nobody wants to talk about this, right? But them drafting Scoot was the reason that this trade request happened. This trade request is only, what, less than two weeks old? What happened less than two weeks ago? The NBA draft. Where the Charlotte Hornets. So the irony of this, right, is that back in the day, Portland obviously screwed up and drafted Sam Bowie instead of Michael Jordan. And now we have a situation where the Hornets took Brandon Miller and now Portland gets Scoot at three. And I know Summer League is never an indication of how good someone is and blah, 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 blah. But if you've been watching basketball long enough, you can see signs of someone. 
That dude can get wherever he wants on the floor. And he's built as if he went to school with us and he's like 19. So if I'm banking on those two things, that gives him just a ceiling to even be just a usable NBA starter, let alone what it could really be. Not to mention the already of Anthony Simons. Exactly. So, I mean, it helps Portland, but it's only funny because if Portland drafts Brandon Miller, does Dame request a trade? Some people would say, yeah, I don't. I think it really hinged on that because I feel like Dame already didn't want to sit out last year because he missed first team All NBA. Mind you, he was balling last year. He missed All NBA, <laughs> um, missed certain inc- incentives to get extra bonus money in his contract to help the team improve the draft position. And then, in return, that same loyalty that I've been showing you this whole time, and even go along with this plan, you draft a guy who does not accentuate my skill set. But I can understand both. See, two things. So one person can be right, and another person can be wrong, but then that person can also be right in what they choose to do after that. And I think that's the complication of life. It's like, is Dame right for being upset that they drafted Scoot? Yes. Would Portland have been dumb if they didn't draft Scoot? Yes. (laughs) Both things can be true. Mm-hmm. And sometimes things that you have to do that are best for you are sometimes going to hurt either the people around you or people who are close to you. So I think with that being said, I don't think either side is wrong. Now, the only thing that I will say about the whole Dame situation where I don't agree with Dame or I think Dame is making it unfair and he has no trade clause, so either way it doesn't matter, is you're costing Portland a chance to maximize your trade value because you want to go to a specific destination. After signing a four-year extension, not like you're a free agent and you're like, I'm not taking no other meetings, Miami, what's up? What's the, what's the contract number? You're in the midst of still being on a team, a team that's going to work with you when they don't have to because you have a, you do not have a no trade clause. I have to say that again, people. They do not have to trade Damian Lillard. They could start training camp and be like, guess what, Dame? This is Scoot, your new backcourt mate. Enjoy. And he'd have to show up and play or he could refuse to play. But then they don't have to pay him, the Ben Simmons thing. And Dame's rich, but he ain't just about to sit out and not play. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, uh, so yeah, so with that being said, Dame also has kind of pigeonholed himself because now if Miami decides that we don't have an if, – if Miami keeps butting their head against the door and saying – you're going to give him to us. He want to come for him. He's not going to play. Portland would be so content to let Dame sit out. They don't have to pay him. If he's refusing to play without an injury, they do not have to pay him. So you'd be losing games and Scoot's getting time. I don't – do you see a downside and to this? that's my thing. That's why I'm like, where exactly did Portland go wrong, in my honest opinion? And I'm kind of on Portland's side. I know that – Throughout, like, entire stuff, our brand is like, yo, pro players, you know, get your money. I'm just like, but when you're wrong, you're wrong, and when you're right, you're right. I can understand both sides. At this point, Dame has given 11 years to Portland. He's, at the very least, taking you to at least one Western Conference Finals. He's took you to the playoffs multiple times with a bunch of undermanned, undermanned squads. Was his only best backcourt mate has been CJ McC- McCollum. Exactly. He hasn't played with any other All-Star. And he's written this out. At also at the same time, it's like loyalty can also be hubris. Yep. Where it's like every single year he's like, yo, I want to make sure you work this. I want to work this out. I want to work this out. But I'm like, dog, like it's been 11 years. You need to understand the landscape of the NBA. 
you're not you're not an idiot. You need to understand that nobody wants to come to Portland, Oregon to play with you, man. Sorry, bro. Like I'll I think s- he already understands that though. Yeah. I have to be bullish and push back on that. I think he fully understands that yeah. at this point. And more importantly, Portland does not have the ammunition or the trade assets to get you a, co- a proper accommodating star that would maximize your window also. So at this point, you're kind of also in the you're also in the Western Conference. It's like the same crossroads the Sixers was like a few years ago, where it's like you're not really that bad enough to tank, and you're also not good enough to legitimately compete, even with even with a superstar. No, that's true. So at this point, like the Blazers, is like you know what, there's really nothing we can do. Like we got shaded. Listen, we got shaded sharp. Uh, Scoot Henderson literally fell to their laps. They already gave that money to Anthony Simons because the guy's already proven he's a legitimate 20, 20 point game score. They paid their front court, Jeremy Grant and uh, Nurkic. At this point, it's like if, and more importantly, I, I knew this was going to happen because I it, it was the exact same thing with Bradley Beal, even though the Bradley Beal situation is different. The only, what I mean is that the pre- they preach the whole loyalty thing, they take the Supermax. They play any situation knowing that they're not going to make the playoffs or make any sort of significant dent in their respective conference. And then they want to ask, and then a year later, while they're in the Superman's contract, after they got their money in the dust settles, they want to ask out. The only difference is, is that Beal didn't limit his options just to anybody. At that point, Portland just wanted to get, I mean, Washington just wanted to get out of that contract so bad they literally took the, took the best offer in terms of, okay, match salaries and, Give us whatever picks you have left. And he could have said, screw them. Yeah. He actually was smart. His, well, his agent was actually smart enough to negotiate a no-trade clause. This is my problem and why I agree with you that I'm on Portland's side in this regard, especially like what we talked about when I was saying the Heat thing. Don't, after all these years of preaching, I love this team, I love loyalty, this, that, and the third, whatever, whatever. Now, we don't know what was happening behind the scenes. We don't know what they told Dame and then started doing. We don't know if they like kind of was like, we're going to rebuild, but we're not going to tell Dame. We're going to see. I don't know. But – my issue is, if you're going to ask out, if you're going to say, all right, let's get this done, don't then give me one team that I'm allowed to trade you to when the best packages for us are that the team you want to go to is six, seven, eight, nine down the list. It doesn't make any sense. It's lazy. Not, la- not lazy. It's, 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 it's rude and it's selfish. And like I said, I can't speak because, once again, we don't know what's behind the scenes. And Dame is one of those guys that he likes to be – cryptically secret yeah and i hate people like that especially because like in a lot of our community people are like that and the reason i say that for people don't understand what i'm saying is a person who's always like man it's a lot you don't know about this then don't just say no either tell us or just don't say anything but like don't half defend yourself but then like don't say anything because you want to keep this moral compass of like oh i ain't tell you what this person said exactly but no bro you already let me know that this person or this situation either had a problem with you or me. So you might as well just spill the beans now. Yeah, and honestly, I'll equate this to the whole the, the James Harden thing. James Harden made it known. He was like, yeah, I'll opt in, but I, I want to leave. Yeah. And if like if I can't leave, shoot, I'll stay. But I want to make you guys know that that want me leaving and going to somewhere else because I want some because the next place I want to go to wants to give me a long term contract that I'm not going to get here is my priority. Exactly. I'm still gonna go. I'm still gonna come in. I'm still gonna do my training camp. I'm still gonna do the best I can. So I may do the fat suit, but I'm still gonna average like what twenty and ten. Easily. But the fact that you're hamstring, you're hamstringing Portland in terms of okay, there's only one destination, 
and like whatever trade package Miami is going to get, they don't have enough in order for you to give them. So at that point, what's Dame going to say? Like, I want to go to Miami. We don't want. To, we're not taking Tyler Hero on picks, man. So what are you going to do? It was like fine. I'll sit out. Okay. We got all right. Cool. Fine. Scoop. Sam Simons, you're starting. And the guy's there for the next four years with a $63 million player option. That's too much money for you to lose, man. Listen, I agree with you. And that's why, at the end of the day, people get these. I don't, like I said, and, you know, I reference Bill a lot because he's, you know, my podcasting goat. Because I just feel like, even though he is a homer and I don't care that he's a Boston fan. But he just because he keeps it real because when his team is trash, he calls them out on it. Yeah. So that's why I got to respect him. But one thing that he said that's super real is, and I thought about it as a player empowerment show, I have to ask you this question is real. When has a player being loyal to a team really ever, like, when has that team ever gotten that back? Like, when has someone ever been like, man, I see how this team treated this person and it made me go there or maybe not go. It's like, <clears throat> that never matters. The only teams that, Stuff like that matters is the location. Like, people want to go to L.A. We don't have to care who the coach is. They don't care who the ownership is. They just want to go to L.A. because it's the freaking Lakers or it's the freaking Clippers. And they want to go to the beach. You feel me? Yeah. Miami's the same. Uh, Houston's the same way. Bunch of strip clubs and, you know. The Knicks are the same way. The Knicks are the, the Knicks are getting back to being that way because yeah. you got confident people running it. Tibbs is a good coach if you like that type I'm of stuff. I'm just saying, like, well, it got, well, I'm just saying, like, because Carmelo Anthony kind of spearheaded that. Yeah, guys going back to New York. So we say that to say that these are all like destinations, places, places people legit want to play. So, and this is now the newest example of this team has done everything Dame's wanted. Just like it's people automatically say, "Man, Dame been so loyal," da, 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 and makes the jokes to the point where like even. Players are like, all right, bro, like, you can leave now. I get it. Like, you want, you don't want to run from the grind. You don't want to be known. You can leave now. Also, random side note, Paul George, no. You don't get to be that guy. <laughs> you don't get to be that guy of saying, like, trying to come at him for because you're still mad that he hit a 50-foot game winner in your face and you said it was a bad shot. Because, yes, it was a bad shot, but it was cheese. So, <laughs> at this point, are you just mad cause it's the, because it's the messenger? Yes, that's why I literally said it's anybody but you, bro. I mean, anybody but you, Roman. It, that's how I feel about Paul George. <laughs> Just because it's Paul George, like, Paul George, shut up. You're the same man that admitted it was like, I'm, I'm a 1B, which is cool. But that's literally the event the, 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 I'm a beta. And it's like, I'm not even on some, like, alpha beta stuff, but it's just like, and mind you, this comes from somebody who I'm a sub. I'm naturally submissive. But, like, bro, no. No. Just no. You don't, Paul George? Not you? No, bro. You can't, especially because I know it's coming from a petty place that you're still mad that he jaded your eye and put your team out the playoffs. He let me, you had to leave OKC after that. So, um, I think OKC Gucci though. <laughs> I think they're Gucci now. They're super Gucci. We should yeah. definitely speak on some summer league and some rookie stuff, rookie year stuff. Yes. Speaking of OKC, I think I'm, I think we might have a uh, our first futures bet advice if anybody's listening to us for betting advice. Um, Chad Holmgren, four hundred to one. Rookie of the year. Rookie of the year. Come on, bro. I need them eyes. Put all my money on Scoot Henderson train. I hear you. I'm gonna probably put some money on Scoot, but you'd be crazy not to throw five to ten dollars on check just off the drip. I'm putting my money everywhere, you know. Like, right I'm diver- my- diversify your bonds. Yeah, diversify your bonds. Put everywhere, bet everywhere on the black chain table so you get some compensation back. Exactly. It's called hedging your bets, people. We see. We we listen. In the our, 
In the words of Mac from Always Sunny, see, I play both sides, so I always come up on top. Exactly. The running back gambling show coming very, very soon. <laughs> oh, God. Listen, oh, boy. Sponsored by, what's the joint? 1-800-GAMBLER. <laughs> Uh, I, but um, yeah. Well, honestly, we can't do that unless Mark Thompson come back because that's. Oh, that's, is he? Is it that? Is he the sports oh, yeah, book he, guy? Yeah, he, he's the sports book guy. Hurt. He's hey, no more. Well, if you listen to the show, I know you sometimes tune in. Mark, listen, we about to get the the running back gambling <laughs> show going. You got to come on. We got to get these prop bets going. Get these money lines going. Let's do this. Listen, I know you're mad about the Sixers, but come on, man. Too much. I'm money. Not, okay. So can okay. So. In life, there's a lot of assumptions, but we have to speak in facts, right? Yeah. Fact, we played Boston in seven games. Boston didn't turn around after crapping the bed against Miami and played seven against Miami. That means in theory, right, of adjacent challenge and all how things go, right? In theory, the two best teams in our conference were on par with. In theory. We now have the okay, the be- main be- efficiency best case scenario. A uh, best case scenario, right? I'm just speaking in facts, right? Okay. No, no, let's not even call it best case scenario. We went seven games with Boston. You don't go seven games with a team that you're not at least close in talent with, right? Now, the sad part is you could argue barely we had the better coach, right? Barely. Like by I wanna the hair on like the amount of hair on my chin, which isn't much if you've never seen what I look like out there in TV land. Growing facial hair is a struggle for me at almost 30. But um, if if that's the case and, you know, how am I trying to say this? I want to make sure I phrase this right. You can't tell me that if you get a even – he doesn't even have to be motivated Harden. He can be the Harden he was last year. If you get Nick Nurse designing easy buckets for everybody – if Harden can run the pick and roll and kind of drive and kick and not be trying to be scoring James Harden, which he's somehow not good at anymore unless he's randomly hot, you can't tell me this team couldn't go back to the finals. Listen, Miami's good, right? They've been good the last four years, ever since Jimmy walked in there. Every time Jimmy's on that team, I'm going to give them a shot. I'm not scared of them in the playoffs, though. All jokes aside, I know I made the jokes all last year and stuff like that. All jokes aside, I'm not scared of the playoffs. And I think from a talent standpoint, we're better than them. And now I think from a coaching standpoint, we're closer to them than we were with Doc. I'm not going to say Nurse is better than Spall. I'm not even necessarily say maybe he's on his level, but Nurse ain't no slouch. I say that to say, I know Nick Nurse is a better coach than Joe Mazzulla. And I know we're, even with this hardened version and Embiid and Embiid at his peak, his power... And mind you, Embiid somehow got injured again right before the playoffs, so he wasn't 100% going in. He was injured recently before the playoffs, so he wasn't 100% going in. There's a lot of caveats on how could we could be bad, but there's a very easy road to look, and we could be good again. There's a very easy road to look to where if they drop our odds to ninth or 10 to win the title, why not put money on us? You'd be a fool not to. If for no other reason that we were the third or we were easily the third or fourth best team in that conference last year. If you want to throw Milwaukee in that mix and say that Miami beating them was a fluke. So if you're saying there's a four-team round robin at the top of the Eastern Conference, right, the four best teams are us, Milwaukee, Miami, and Boston, right? And then you got a tier under that. You got, like, Cleveland, New York. After that, it's a crapshoot. Like, who's defending? If those are the five, the six best teams in the conference, right, if those are the six playoff teams in my head, 
right? That doesn't sound crazy to you, right? Barring injury from those six teams. Those six teams continue with all their guys improving, whatever the case may be. Those should be the six guaranteed playoff teams, right? Okay, so if those are the six guaranteed playoff teams, right, who's definitively better than us? Like, think of our roster constructed as now. We're, and let's say we don't trade James Harden. And let's just assume. Does everybody assume we're going to get fat suit James Harden? He's got one year left on this deal. If we can't trade him, he can play one more year here and go get a long-term deal. It's not going to kill him. He can get his last deal of his career and be done. So, who's definitively better than us? Boston? No. I wouldn't say definitively. I would say ball bounces a different way. I'd say with, with Maz coaching? No. Miami's definitively better than us? No. Not after Struess and um, Gabe Vincent walked Depends on. if they get Dame or not. And even then, I still wouldn't say because Dame is a turnstile off. Dame, you're right. Tyrese Maxey is probably going to get cooked by Dame. You know who's going to do a lot of cooking? Tyrese Maxey. Because y'all not gonna put y'all not gonna put Jimmy on Reese. Y'all are gonna put him on Harden. Now you just got Reese with barbecue chicken on either wing. This is either Dame or Simon's when it's in the game, when he's in the game. And Lowry's probably gonna be in that deal because he's an expiring. I say that to say I I I don't like this whole. Dread that everybody has, like, oh, if we got to run it back, it'd be horrible. DeAnthony Melton doesn't shoot like crap. If Jason Tatum doesn't score 50, bro, like, this was not some, like, I, I think people forget, and I've had enough time because I was mad at the moment. I'm ah, man, now it's like, there's a world where now the pressure to win MVP and all that stupid stuff is off and beat. Yeah, no, the there's also a world where you win three straight, where you win three straight NBA finals. That's also the thing we have to consider. Is like I understand every year there's always a situation of a ball bounces this way different, but here's the thing: it's always it always we are always on the receiving end of that. The Kawhi shot, Ben Simmons passing up on the layup, us losing at six because James Harden had no lift in his legs. James Harden again had no lift in his legs against Boston. Jason Tatum putting up 51 points in Game Seven in TD Garden. Legendary. And, jo- and listen, regardless of the injury to, to Joel Embiid, like Joel Embiid was a no-show. In the, in the moment, it didn't matter most. Tobias Harris was paying $39 million, only put up two points in game six. Only $39 million? Yes. I'm sorry. Boston had a rookie head coach, and he made one adjustment. Put Robert Williams in the lineup because he wanted to pack the paint against Embiid. And just need Derek P.J. Tucker to shoot. Doc did absolutely nothing to adjust. Nobody on that team did nothing to adjust. But here's my point. Here's my point. And no, I'm getting to that. Oh, okay. That being said, this entire season, listen, the only big thing that really got me hooting hollering about this upcoming season is that it's Nick Nurse hiring. If you know me, if you hear me throughout the entire year start doing this show, you know how much of a fan I was of Nick Nurse going back to even Toronto. This is a guy that took, even after losing Kawhi, he took Boston to seven games in the bubble. This is a guy that took the Philadelphia 76ers with Harden and B and Maxi to six games with a roster that, quote-unquote, shouldn't have been in the playoffs to begin with. I mean, granted, Siakam smacked Embiid's face and killed our championship hopes, but nonetheless. So this entire theme is like if you're in t- if the entire contingent in the doom and gloom is the fact that poor coaching and, and what Doc Rivers was not able to do 
is the reason why we think inserting Nick Nurse and implementing plays and maximizing the play stop, then, yeah, I'll agree to that. That being said, I, I'm kind of on wait and see. I'm excited to see this because I like the addition of Pat Bev. I like the fact that we got Paul Reed back. I, I like the Pat Bev addition a lot more than I think people are giving credit for it. Him and PJ on the same team, and we kind of signed Trez back. Yeah. And now hear me out. People might make fun of the Trez signing. I think Nick Nurse will use Trez better than Doc did. I know. I, I think I, I know, know what, that sounds No, crazy. I know what their plan is. I, they're going to do the Kawhi Leonard plan for Joel Embiid. Where it's like, yeah, you're going to play your, your, your 60 games, but we're going to load manage you so that way you're not completely exhausted and winded by the time the playoffs get them. We're going to preserve you for when it matters the most. Because for whatever reason, every single time we get into the postseason, we get into May, your body can't hold up. So I'm going to do every single thing I can. And I'm pretty sure Nurse and and Maury, Maury, I, I, I got to say it right, you know, because we've been getting on me about that, has kind of talked about it. That's why they've been signing all these bigs. That's why they got Mo Bamba. That's why they re-signed Trez. That's why they re-signed Paul Reed at $8 million, which I absolutely love. That's great market value. They want to preserve Embiid for when it matters the most. And if James Harden wants to go back and play, like, and if Harden doesn't want to play cool, that's that means just more opportunities for Tyrese Maxey. More opportunities for DeAnthony Melton to be in the starting lineup. More opportunity for Jaden Springer to finally get, to finally crack the rotation. I, man, it's going to be so nice to watch our bench get used down to the 12th and 13th, man. Like, actually get used. It's going to be nice to watch somebody, if someone's not playing well, to actually switch their rotations up. It's going to be so nice to have design plays, to have staple plays. Like, ooh, this is our pin-down curl that we do – Every time they start the game, I have to get Tobias going. I Okay, so I'm hinging a lot on this Nick Nurse thing of just using more common sense and trying to put people in spots. That and accountability. I think Tobias could be better. I don't know if he'll ever be worth the $40 million. Like, and and that's my thing. If the whole thing is like, if Nick Nurse is the reason, if Nick Nurse could come in and scheme Tobias Harris better, then what do you think he's going to do for PJ? What do you think he's going to do for Paul Reed? What do you think he's going to do Yeah, for Tyrese? I mean, shoot, uh, yeah, more important, I love this coaching staff. Like, we got Bobby Jackson, you know, former sixth man of the year, probably one of the better, you know, shooting guards throughout the early 2000s. Easily. Yeah. We got Hines, who's – we got Reed Hines is also an assistant. He's also been working with James Harden during the summer as well. So, like I said, it's one of those things where it's like I've been bitten – every single time I try to grab an apple, I've been bitten by the snake. I need to have my. I need to see what this team looks like. Uh, come October, come November, fully integrated in terms of what we're actually doing in order for me to like fully get back on. But, but like I said, all this kind of all this kind of hinges on Nick Nurse because if everything kind of, because if everything goes well the way we think it is with Nick Nurse, then I think we can beat Boston. I think we can finally get it out of the second round. Like, literally, if we finally get it out of the second round, I'm, I think we need to celebrate on Broad Street because that's just a feat in of itself at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Nah, I'm – so, okay, if this all depends on Nick Nurse, if there's one more signing that you'd like us to see to feel, you to feel completely confident in this rotation, if you could take the taxpayer's minimum or a, min, or a vet minimum and you go get one guy, 
And even if you can't think of a guy, give me an archetype of a guy you'd go get. Oh, Kelly Oubre. Ooh. But he's such an inconsistent shooter. You don't care. You just want athletes. You're just so tired of watching slow athletes. plotting players. I want to see. I actually. You realize see. our best player is a slow plotting player. So like having these super athletes. Cool. On compensate our team, for that. Get the other four to get running. Yeah, but that's my point. It's like, okay. Now. The best example of how a team could be a transition team yet have an off-court, an off-court, a half-court guy be a mainstay in their offense was the Showtime Lakers. The only thing was, remember, Kareem wasn't their primary scorer at that point in his career. Embiid is our primary offensive weapon. As he goes, we go. Man, I'm about to say, like, you might disagree with me on this, but we literally watched the team. With a slow trotting off, with a slow trotting offensive player, go ahead and win a championship. No, he's their primary playmaker. He's not their primary scorer. It's, the diff- it's a difference, Chris. I mean, it's one. No, 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 no. It's it's really not. It's a very stark difference to be a team's primary playmaker versus being their primary scorer. He's Some both. guys are great scorers and not a great playmaker. Some guys are great playmakers, not great scorers. He's a. I think over just. He is a great playmaker, but you also don't average the the averages that you do just by being a great playmaker. He he can't score on all three levels. No, I'm no. What do you, wait, wait, I'm I'm saying that as far as like who Jokic? Yes. Oh, I'm thinking you talking about Embiid. I'm like what? No, I'm talking about. I, li- I literally said they won a championship. No, 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 no. I'm saying that, but I'm giving the example. I'm talking. Oh, I'm talking about Embiid as far as saying Embiid. No, I'm not, talking about Jokic, man. No, the second time you're. I'm saying I now I understand what you're saying. Now I'm saying that to me, the reason that they won a championship is yes, he's a three level scorer. Okay, cool. All right, see what you just said there, right? Yeah. Embiid is a three level scorer. He's not necessarily a great playmaker. He can play me. Jokic can be your entire offense. You can put him at the elbow and literally let him do the Larry Bird and just pick you apart. You can run opposite pick and rolls for him where Murray's the roller. Can't do that with Embiid. Not yet. Bro, he's been in the league 11 years. Stop. You can't say not yet anymore. It's nine years. Well, 10 years. Well, no, 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 no nine years. We're drafting 2014. Relax. Nick Nurse got the plan. Got the blueprint right here. I hear you. You about to, you about to watch Embiid hit some... Uh, hit people with these off ball screens, mm-hmm. cutting, low posts, passes out the post. I'm glad you got all this faith in Joel and B's ability Jackie, to pass. Jackie Moon, baby. Oh my God. <laughs> and once again, let's listen to that. He puts out WJYN, the running best sports show, sports for the culture. If you want to call to join the discussion, the number is 215 763 9596. What was the name of that movie again? Semi Pro. Oh, Semi Pro. Yeah, shout out to Semi Pro. Yeah. <sighs> Coffee Black. <laughs> Yo. That's still my favorite trade of all time. They literally traded that guy to come to Flint for a washing machine. Yeah. I mean, shit. Uh, well, th- Kyle, shoot. Sorry, crap. <laughs> shoot. No, no, because I was about to say what was messed up is Kyle Corver got uh, traded for a fax machine. You <laughs> laughing, but dead up. He got no, no, no I, remember, I remember that trade. He really got traded for a fax machine. The Nets was like, ah, prolific three-point shooter in NBA history or send faxes. I mean, no faxes are important. It was 2003 in his defense. In defense. I mean, that must have been brand new, top of the line. Top of the line. It was like, we can't get another one of these. We could find a white dude to shoot. That was messed up. I'm, I'm, like, I'm like, dude, you fools. Fools. <laughs> 
I mean, we didn't do nothing with him, so. <sighs> I am glad he did, he got the winter ring though. That was that was cool. I lo- I I used to love. What him. as a calf? Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm about to say, wait, hold on. <laughs> yeah, I think the he Hawks was. Hawks didn't win a ring. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I think he was on. Yeah, he was on that. He was on that chip team. Okay. He was at the end of his career, but he was on the team. Oh, oh, that's cool. Kendrick Perkins is on that team too. Oh God, Kendrick Perkins does have two rings. <laughs> he like, so was Tristan Thompson. Tristan Thompson somewhere like, I got two. But um, two rings, a hundred mil. <laughs> yo, that's why when he was like Robert, I was like, why not take either one of these? If you're asking a random person, a regular person. But if you're asking me honestly, yeah, give me the three hundred M's. I'll I'm, buy a ring. No, here's the thing, though. Rob, I bet Robert Dory got stories. No, for sure. Play, he's been in playoff battles. Like, being on the Spurs, being on the Lakers. Like, I bet that man got stories. And 50 mil. So. Yeah, his All the Smoke episode is pretty good. You should give it a watch. I like it times I'll do it. will. All right. I'm talking about Vernon Maxwell was awesome. Because he was just like. It was cool to have someone contextualize a player for you because if it's a guy you've only you've only ever seen the highlights or a guy you've only ever heard of, you don't really. But for him to contextualize him was like, dang. So he was just this like raw athlete who had this temperament. He was like a J.R. Smith where it was like wild card. But when he's on and locked in or something, he's like, bro, you sure you're not one of the best players in the league? And so that was really cool to be like, okay, I like this Vernon Maxwell guy. Because he probably could have been a superstar, but he just wasn't rapped right. Yeah. And I think that made me like him more. I was like, yeah, this is my kind of guy. This is my kind of guy. I don't say that's how I feel like whenever I watch, whenever I rewatch highlights of like, you know, like players in the 2000s who be having them one one off years, like one or two years to have just 20 points just fall off the face of the earth. I mean, it's Andre Black. I was, I was actually like, dang, man, what really what happened to Michael Red? No, Michael Red had more than one good year. He don't count. I, I said like one or two. Injuries derail him. He yeah, I know. Like three or four good years, but that to me, that's an injury guy. That's a Brandon Roy. That's not a. That's not a one off. A one off is you average nine points and then average twenty two one year. What was going on? Dang, Larry Hughes. No, Larry Hughes was steady good. A one year wonder is like I can't even say Jeremy Lin because it wasn't even a full year. No, but a few, but a few weeks was lit. <laughs> it wasn't a few weeks was lit. Was that the year we graduated high school? I, Twenty. No, it was the year I remember, after. Yeah, it was like the year after. Okay. I just remember that Lynn Sanity was taking over the world, but I wasn't sure where you was at, where I was at. I was like, were you already up at school? No, I was in school. Yeah, no. Shout out to Jeremy Lynn one time. Uh, oh, like so, Aaron Brooks. Uh, yes, Aaron Brooks. Yes. Yes, that's a perfect example. Guy was like, wait, you was averaging 23 for a whole year, and then your career averages seven. Time out. Yeah. Yeah. You good, man? Yeah, a little stomach, stomach ache. Okay. Oh, man. But um Yeah, listen, in case you need to know both of us had a long day, but we're still here, giving you the, probably the best content we could possibly get. Yeah. Trust me. Cause, trust me, because both of us, both of us as, as soon as we get out of here, we're both going home. We're yes. going to sleep. I'm going real red. <laughs> I'm gonna go eat dinner and die. It's gonna be crazy. <laughs>
Yeah, but have you watched the summer league at all? I've I haven't been. I I can't I'm, even say I can't even stack now. I guess the last when, when did we start Friday? Yeah. Well, before that. Well, we we were in we were in Orlando. Then like we were in Vegas. Now this is the Vegas one. But yeah. are we in both? Yeah, we okay. wasn't both. Okay. We got eliminated already. Yeah, we lost to the Mavs last night. Trash. Um. So we went on th- yeah, at one point the Mavs we were up. The Mavs went on a thirty to nine run and we lost by eight. Yeah, I haven't really been able to see anything, which kind of sucks. Uh, and I know how everybody feels like, oh, summer league, everybody looks good, but I'm just like, I'm like, that's also true, but it's like, also, like, also, don't disrespect someone's path. Yeah. Whereas, like, and the one thing I will say about this is that, despite all the bad moves that Elton Rand has done, like, never, never allow him to negotiate any sort of contracts ever again. Ever. But the one thing I will say is that. He does have an eye for like evaluating talent, like low end talent. Oh, like Mario Shayok, like Shake Milton. Look, say what you want, man. Second round pick. Boo S- this man. Boo. You got him on one of the cheapest contracts in, in that he can over the last five years. Boo. The guy got thirty. He scored thirty nine points against the Lakers. I mean the Clippers. A Clippers team that was coached by Doc Rivers. Boo. He had thirteen straight threes, man. Through a stretch of three games. Boo. Stop it. Yes, I'm booing him. Not because I don't think he's a good player, but I'm not about to sit here and be like, oh, we found a real gem in the rough. No, he had a lot of opportunities, and he should have been better on this team than he was. Now, I don't know how much of that was Doc taking his confidence <laughs> by taking him out the rotation. I'm about to say, like, if we're going to sit here and blame poor coaching, don't you think Shake was literally a victim of that? If that was the case, do you bring him back and just bring in a new coach? Two things can be true at the same time. Shake underperformed and coach under um, and Doc underutilized. I wouldn't even say he underperformed. Like every single time that he really started to get it going, like midseason, he gets hurt, and then after that, gets taken out of the rotation and never be able to get his confidence back. Yes, I am a Shake Milton apologist. I do not. But. But from what I'm seeing, like Jada Springer, I feel like he's definitely going to be, um, he's going to be fighting in the rotation. I, I think he's going to be a good defensive base. To carry out Smith, I absolutely love the athleticism, you know, especially for like a six-three guard. Uh, Ricky Council, I really like him as well. You know, six-six. With the kid, uh, smart Javante Smart. Uh, yeah, he looked good the other night too, from the highlights that yeah. I saw. So like. Like, funny enough, like, I might actually have to go to a few G League games this year to check these kids out. I So here's my thing. I do agree with you that we need more athleticism. I agree. My fear is just that how does that affect Joel's game? He can take his time while everybody else runs the transition. You rest on off. You're like, MB, like, MB with the block. You're like, all right, bro, just, just hang back here. We'll get the transition bucket. We'll be back. I mean, no, if y'all are going to start walking him down like, like he's OG Kareem, then I'm cool with it. But I just. <laughs> but, let's, but let's let's be real. None of these guys is going to be, like, actually getting, like, real grind in significant minutes this year. I, it's just really good to see because, like, this team actually, the G League team actually won the title last year. So, to be anything, like, you're just vying for a spot to play once again for the champions. Well, at least not. it's good to know that at least one team in Philadelphia one team in this organization knows how to win. There you go. I'm just, what? Where am I lying? 
Is Nick Nurse gonna fix Furkan? Okay, even better question before you answer that. Is he going to use Furkan and then answer the second question? The funny thing is, if you're really taking this roster, if you're looking at this roster in terms of skill set wise, he's probably only one of like those few three point specialists we actually have left. Isaiah Jones. Yeah. Over there cooking at OKC. Yeah. That's, uh, all I'm saying is that I want to see a few pin-down screens. I want to see off-ball movement. And if you could do that and Furkan gets into a rhythm, then, yeah, you can play him for about five to ten minutes. Same with Daniel House. I like House. I, I, I do, my, I I do too. House. Like, I just want to see – because the problem is, is that for, like, over the last three years is that we got so used to just – Having Embiid just doing whatever he wants and everybody else just standing in the corner, and then we realize, and then we wonder why. Well, how come no one else stepped up? Because you're just asking these guys to just stand in the corner and just hopefully they get the ball. There's no way for these guys to get into a rhythm in terms of that. So if once again, everything kind of depends on what Nick Nurse wants to do offensively. If Nick Nurse can scheme these guys up, if if because we all know Tobias is not a stand in the corner shoot. shoot uh, shoot kind of guy. If you want to run a little flex action off ball screen and be able to hit him with a 15 foot mid range, then cool, dude. Then cool, we could do that. If you want a scheme that, you know, PJ Tucker gets in the dunker spot to get easier offensive rebounds, then sure. If you want to scheme something where Tyrese Massey gets uh, a lot of better open looks at corner threes, same with Melton and Furcon and House, then I'm all for it. So, like I said, like all of this just really just hinges upon. You know, once again, the scheme that we still don't know that um, Nurse is going to run. Yeah. Once again, you're listening to 98.5 WJYN, the run the best sports show, Sports for the Culture. If you want to call to join the discussion, the number is 215 763 Okay, so, all right, all right, just since we're already on the topic of the Sixers and Nick Nurse and everything that needs to be done with this organization, who would you want? What's the deal in your mind for Harden? Who, what's the team? What's the parameters? What makes you be like, all right, Nick, go win us a championship? That's the thing. I don't know, like. And that's the hard. The hardest part for me is that conceptualizing a proper trade for Harden because we don't have any assets to legitimately throw in to get the proper compensation back. I'm gonna be honest, right? Yeah. People who are like Norm Powell and and, and Terrence Mann, that's not enough. For who? I'm being real. Can Harden score at his best on his best day? Waking up in the NBA right now, more than both of those guys. Yes. But as functional, rotational NBA players, no, he is not a better version. He does not play defense better. He doesn't necessarily – he playmakes better, but that's because he has the ball in his hand, so he has to playmake off of his ball handling. I love Terrence Mann, and out here in the Clippers don't want to give him up, and I get it. If you can get – if you can make him him be a part of that trade, I think you do it. Yeah. You have to. Even if they were like, all right, you got to take Covington's contract. Cool. Bet. 
you got to throw in some picks. All right, we don't have any. Cool, we'll take with the ones that you do have. And that's one thing where it's like, oh, well, we're not going to get, oh, like, oh, do you need to hang up the phone? I'm just like, let's look at the last two times Harden got traded. Yep. Houston got next to nothing in a 14 trade for him. And Brooklyn got Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, who's a free eight, uh, Seth Curry, who's gone. He's with Dallas now. And Andre Drummond, who's not even on the team anymore. Exactly. The only thing you got is one of our first-round picks that you already used and another one in 2025, which I believe is like a pick swap. And, that, and that's it. And I need people to really understand, like, oh, well, he scored 40 points in, in one of those two games. I'm like, yeah, and I'm very thankful for that. But those other five games, he averaged 12 points. When he's on, he's brilliant to watch. But his lows are really low. He turns the ball over. He stops the ball. And no one else can get into a rhythm in the offense because James literally dribbles the ball out to about eight seconds left on the clock. This is not me, like, slandering James at all. This is just the reality of it in terms of what you're getting right now. He's 34 years old, so he's not getting, he's not getting any younger, and he's not getting any more athletic. And he does not have the lift or the burst to – Excel and get to the and get to the rim against more bet against better playoff defensive oriented teams. So exactly. you need to be legitimately practical in terms of what your compensation is in terms of James Harden in 2023. If this is James Harden in 2019, yeah, you hold out for him and get a King's ransom for him. And at that point, Darren Moore is going to be like, "Why would I trade this guy at all? If uh, 20, why would I trade a 29 year old James Harden?" No, yeah. Um, I mean, you are being practical, but okay. So for me. The reason that I'm okay with giving Harden up, knowing he's the better individual talent, is exactly what you pointed out in the realm of he's a ball stopper. And at this point, yes, our offense functions best for Joel in the half court and him getting easy buckets out of the pick and roll with James. They have established that. That works now. Now, I'm going to go against my point of earlier in saying that with Harden, I think we're still one of the best teams in the East. I think if we trade Harden and get those two pieces or equal value pieces – too young, young, younger with Norman Powell, but young, athletic, uh, 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 can defend, can shoot, can pass a little bit, like just good utility role players to fill in the gaps we don't have. Powell's a great shooter and can get a shot going. Man can hit open threes and and can rebound his the, the, the Dickens out of the ball. And the coolest part about Man is he has playoff experience already. Norm's got a ring and also got playoff experience. So these guys are going to automatically come. And then you got like Terrence, man, P.J. Tucker, Pat Bev, DeAnthony. You got dogs on your team. Like, and I know that's an overused phrase. You got that dog in them. They got dogs. But having dogs means in June, in May and June, I'm still ready to bite your head off the way I was in the first week of October. You seen with Miami? They outdogged everybody. Milwaukee, oh, man, we hurt. Giannis hurt. Okay, so we don't care. Fight. Fight back. New York, oh, we young, we inexperienced, we don't know no better, we just happy to be here. Well, I'm glad y'all happy to be here because now y'all should be happy to be leaving. Boston, you know our coach is corny, man. It's cool, we're going to come back. No, y'all not. Y'all going to push it all the way to game seven, and then we're going to smoke y'all in y'all building. 
They really got smoked at home. To lose the final. To rather lose going to the final. Yeah. I do want to see Miami Boston again in the playoffs next year. Maybe yeah, not necessarily for um the Eastern Conference Finals, but I would love to see that next year. And to to close this. Personally, I don't feel like at this point you need to decide one or two things. I don't. I feel like Harden and Tobias can't play together because if Harden's still on the team, Tobias is still going to be in the corner. I think you can get more for Tobias in a trade than Harden. Yeah, unpopular hot. Team. So in my opinion, so it's like the and that's where you got to be worried about the compensation part is that if you're trading if you're trading Harden, then you're going to get more than get guys who are going to. Be able to fit seamlessly into Nick Nurse's system. Ball movement, off-ball screens, get rebounds. You know, do all the dirty work stuff to to offset to like take the load off what Joel and need Joel and B needs to do. Exactly. Or if you trade Tobias, you understand what hardest style of play is. You need to get you need to get guys who are who are legitimately comfortable and accustomed to just sitting in the corner and just making threes. I.e. Buddy Hill. Buddy Hill has no problem standing in the Standing in the corner, making sure. <laughs> That's it. That's all I need you to do, buddy. Buddy, stand over there. Left three-point line, hands out. Thank you. That's it. Exactly. Like, get yourself a nice stretch four. Oh, man, a stretch four would be nice. I've always – I always wanted a – and I always say this, and people make a joke. <coughs> if the Clippers were like, all right, we'll take hard. You got to take Morris's money. Done. I'm sorry I do it. And I was talking to my dad the other day. He was like, no, I wouldn't take Marcus Morris. I'm like, why not? If y'all are justifying having P.J. Tucker on this team, why not take Marcus Morris? I Now, at this point, I'm mad at the league. Yo, get you the one on ring and be looking crazy out here. Now, I just want to beat everybody up. The funny thing is, Przingis would have been, per- been perfect. Can Przingis really play the four, though? Like, in theory, he can do the stretching that you need a four to do, but can he play the four consistently, especially next to Embiid on the floor? I don't know. I'm just trying to figure – I'm just trying to – I'm just thinking of guys that will equate into – Rashawn Holmes would have been perfect. You should have paid him whatever bag you needed to pay him. Yeah. Honestly, Portland's never going to give him up. I mean, not Portland, uh, Milwaukee. It's never going to give him up, but Bobby Portis would have been perfect. True enough. Yeah. But but in the end, like, you got to find, like, if, to me, ultimately, it comes down to that decision. If you're going to, is, if you're going to keep, if you're going to trade Harden or you're going to trade Tobias. And whoever you trade, you need to get the complimentary pieces to um, complement whoever you're keeping's game is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, that being said, we're at the half. We're at the halfway point of the MLB season. This is true. Yeah, half, uh, the All Star game is tonight. It is. And the uh, home run derby was yesterday. Shout out to Vlad Guerrero Jr. Yes, sir. BJ, for, Vladdy. for winning the home run derby, sixteen years after your father did it. That's awesome. Yes. <sighs> Shout out to ESPN for being racist as they put up a graphic <laughs> saying that he was the second born Cuban player. To win it, which would have been a cool accomplishment if he was actually Cuban and not Dominican. Oh. And he was also born in Canada, so is that. Canada. Canada. Oh, my God. Gotta love it. 
Right. So let's just keep it home for a bit. Um, if you had to grade the first half of the Philly season so far, how would you grade them? They're, for, they're currently 48 and 41. And as of right now, they hold, they are a half game out because of their loss to the, their loss to the Marlins. They're now a half game out for the last wild card spot in the NL. Who are they behind? Uh, the Giants. Catchable in a hard division. Yeah. So, if you had to give them a grade so far, what would you give them? B minus. I would say they've been good, not great. I would say they have flashes of the team from last year. Um, I mean, really, to be honest with you, and it sounds crazy, but our pitch has been great recently. Um, I want Bryce to wake up. But if he's saving it for October again or for September again, then I'm cool. And also, I want to... Add one more reliever at the trade deadline just to round out this bullpen. Because I feel like even though it's not necessarily a problem right now, I just want to be ready just in case. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Honestly, I have, to, I have to agree with it. And honestly, I can only – I have to great pitching on a curve because the whole, like, um, 20 seconds to pitch – like wind up and pitch it's like messed up a lot of guys and I feel like Nola's been like the biggest victim of that but if anything was like I but the pitching exactly where I expected to be I the offense is not what I expected to be my thing is is that how much money and how you build your team is what your identity and what you should lean on to be you spend all this money to get Kyle Schwarber Nick Castellanos Trey Turner in the offseason obviously Bryce keeping JT your offense should not be stalling out the way the way it does on sure. on multiple occasions. If this offense was was hitting in the way that it's supposed to hit, it it would be right on the heels. It would be on the heels right now of the, of the Atlanta Braves. So Bryce needs to wake up and find his power. Um, Kyle Schwarber just needs to stop batting under two hundred. Uh, shout out to Castellanos for being the uh, the lone position player for All Star for uh, this season. Uh, Bryson Stott has been absolutely sensational this year, and I said it this um, this uh, this past All Season. The one thing I want to see is that I want to see Bohm hit for power more, and I want to see uh, uh, Stott get on base and uh, and hit for a higher average. And I'm getting and we're getting both. So. so. If this team is an indication of what it was last year, their great second half summer team, then we're probably going to see some fireworks at Citizens Bank Park. And this Friday, um, this Friday, and we definitely got like a huge matchup against the uh, San Diego Padres. You know, they're kind of been on the they're kind of been on a disappointing streak uh, this this year. You know, given you know all the additions that they made as well. So this is a team in which you need to come out. You're at home, fresh off the All Star break. You need to you need to smack these guys. And I feel like if you do that, then the second half of your the second half of the season, you're off to a, you're off to a good start. Yeah. 
So, but anyway, um, All-Star Games tonight. Looking forward to it. But the ultimate question I have is that Otani Watch is coming. Who signs him? Off the top of your head, no thinking, no researching. Just who you think was somewhere salivating, like like Dexter in his uh in his locker with the picture, me and you. I know who my pick is. Hmm. Who do you got? The Mets. Cohen is disappointed. He just bought that team for two billion dollars. He just put all this money into it. Imagine if I'm talking about a car or a house. You like you just put all this money into it, and now guess what? It's yours. You own it now. You got to do something. So I think he knows Otani would accomplish two things. He would help with winning, and he's a draw himself. Mm-hmm. So he's gonna recoup. You're gonna recoup that 500 M's almost immediately. So yeah, no. Um, for sure, I think it's the Mets. And if not the Mets, keep an eye out for one of the Florida teams. Mm. I know that sounds crazy. You're probably like, Rays ain't paying that. I can see Miami paying for him. Showtime. They need a superstar. That's it, actually the only thing that team is missing, which is thank gosh they don't have an offensive superstar. But if you put Shohei on that team, they're probably a 90-win team. Ooh, so what? Oh, And you know the reason I say that is because um, no state tax. The Marlins have a lot of pieces. They got a lot of money. Yeah. Honestly, I think I think we might see. I think we might see. Uh, like, I think we might see it tonight. I honestly, if I had to pick, I pick the Mariners. Ichiro, because he grew up loving Ichiro. Yes. And I think if you could pull that card on him, meaning how much his legacy matters to him. Oh, you mean like Ichiro pulling up to the damn meeting, the dang meeting when they having the conversation? Yes. Yeah. So uh, I think if that if if that happens, that number seventeen jersey is going on sale the following day. Brother Ichiro, I knew you'd come. (laughs) I always do, my brother. I'm sorry. Did you see that from the Alicia match? (laughs) Yeah. That's one of that is, I use that clip so often on Twitter. <laughs> I knew you. I always do, my brother. <laughs> I'm like, Yo, I'm like Isaiah. Cass- Shout out Isaiah Cassidy. If y'all don't know, he's a member of Private Party, a tag team in AEW. Uh, but yeah, no. Um, teams are balling right now. The Braves are playing great. The Rays are playing great. Uh, San Diego to the dumpster fire. Um. Oh yeah, because you haven't really been watching watching the season. So. Oh no, I have. I, okay. I literally said like they. I was later talking about the Phillies like having, you know, an important series against the Padres this upcoming weekend. Yes, and uh, if you guys you know want to see at least one member from the running back crew, I don't know if Chris is coming or not. But uh, Tuesday, July eighteenth, I will be in attendance for the Padres game. So uh, yeah, say what's up, wave, come tap me on the shoulder, buy me a beer, whatever you know. You're serious about that beer. I'm deadly serious about the beer. <laughs> I'm actually more serious about the beer than any other part. Actually, don't touch me. But a beer would be nice. <laughs> but no, but I'm being, that's why I think, like, the, Mar- the Mariners right now, they're just a game over 500, and 
adding Otani will definitely like put them over the hump. Yeah, no, for sure. Him, J Rod in his prime. Oh Lord. Yes. Jared Kalanick is turning around. Yeah, yeah no. Seattle's got some stuff. Yeah, man. Also, shout out to the O's, baby. Oh yeah, the O's are balling. Aren't they in first place in AL East right now? Um, I mean, unless Toronto caught up. No, um, Toronto's Toronto is uh no the the remember the Rays are not first. oh yeah I keep forgetting the Rays started off like twenty two and zero yeah cool. yeah the yeah the the O's are uh, two two games back, which is insane for how hot the Rays started out yeah well yeah the Rays ran into a bu- another buzzsaw called the Atlanta Braves oh my gosh no the Rays really ran into a buzzsaw called the Philadelphia Phillies yeah then we ran into another buzzsaw called the Miami Marlins. They just got smacked by the ALEs all weekend. Well, no, I was talking about us. <laughs> yeah, but Jesus. But honestly, it's scary, though, because Danielle, it's the Braves to lose. Wasn't it theirs to lose last year? Yeah, I know. That's why I'm saying that. <laughs> you all that to get them 100 wins to lose in the divisional round. That's crazy. Yo, I'm be honest. Baseball would be the most infuriating. Like, doing it in MLB the show, it, it peeves me off. But, like, in real life, I'd be so mad. We did all this work. We as a 100-win team and losing the first round. First round. <laughs> no, no. Can you imagine how Cardinals fans feel? You know, you yeah. were up 2 nothing in the top of the ninth. Can you imagine how Mets fans feel? <laughs> Y'all won the division last I'm year. just saying, because, like, you're about to have an Albert Pool. You think you're going to have an Albert and uh, – Molina Swan song, and next thing you know, the bottom order of the fields was like, nah. <laughs> That's the best moment in Philly's history. I'm sorry. I know people were like the Bradley's dropped to his knees. And yes, that moment was lit. I'm not I'm not trying to take away. It was awesome. The magic of that moment, then be then us seeing it in real time. Then the, the I just want Bryce on a sweater doing that, bro. <laughs> we uh, got Harper. <laughs> We got Harper. That's still somewhere like, we want a chip, though. Nobody cares. No, what Bill Goldberg saying, long and short, yeah, yeah, we're all impressed. <laughs> That's, but no, I want a ring, though. <laughs> we, get, no, we, we acknowledge we, rings here at the Running Back Sports Show, yes. Yeah, no, listen, uh, listen. Uh, if we get a ring, then everything, listen, I don't care what happens after that. It'd be nice to win multiple, but Bryce Harper experiment was a success. I'm just mad that, well, no, you know what's cool? And I mean, I'm sure other divisions can say this, but I don't think that many. In the last 20 years, all four of our teams have went to the World Series. And won. No, Mets haven't won. Oh, and, um, Mets have won twice. They went in 22, they went 2000 and 2015. And then we well, went. Well, who cares about the Mets? And then the Braves went. And then the, uh, what are they called? The Nationals won it. Mm-hmm. Now I'm just thinking, like, AL East hasn't because the Jays and Orioles have sucked. Like, think about it. Just you, It's easy to go through divisions. NL West, Mariners have never been in the World Series. Automatically, they're, they're, they're the NL Central, the Twins. I mean, AL Central, excuse me, the NL Central. Wait, the NL Central might have done it. White Sox, Cubs. NL or AL? AL is no. Okay. The NL might have done it. No, because the uh, Pirates the are Reds. Trash. The Reds and the Pirates. Yeah. Oh, no, wait. I forgot there's more than four teams in our division. And uh, Brewers. Had the Diggo? No. 
Oh shoot, the Mariners have gone to the World Series. Yeah, they won in 03, remember? Oh crap. I, I wait, everybody in our division has won has won or went to a World Series in the last twenty years. Yeah. I think we are we the only division in baseball? Yeah. We uh, keep looking through the divisions. Now I kinda really want to know. We already uh, ruled out the NL East. AL Central, Guardians. No, well, I mean they went Guardians went. Twins. Twins have never gone. Oh, Not man. never gone. Twins haven't gone since ninety one. Okay. Detroit well Detroit. Detroit went, but they got swept. Yeah. They went a few times. They went. No, Detroit's only gone once in the last 20 years. Of 06. I'm about to say 06, 06, they lost to the Cardinals. Oh, no, no, you're right. 12, they lost. So they lost to the Giants. Yes, you're absolutely right. And the Royals, they, and the Royals. I forget about that team. It's messed up. Like, I literally forgot Verlander and Scherzer was on this. I remember Prince Fielder was still alive. I'm like, dog, like, that, 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 that Tigers team was saying. And they got smacked. And they got They got smacked. They lost four nothing. I would I would say they got smacked, Chris. <laughs> Madison Bumgarner, like triple crown. That's cute. That's nice. Buster yeah, Posey. Miggy. Yeah, Miggy. Yeah, and uh, the Royals went back to back. Yeah, serious. They won. They won one and they lost a. The and then they, no, they they lost one and then won one. They lost to the Giants in seven and then beat the Mets, Mets. in five. Yeah, yeah, they smacked the Mets. Um, yeah. The West, Texas, we know the Rangers went 2010. Yes. Astros, obviously. Yep. Uh, Mariners, no. Mariners have never been. Angels, no. No. I mean, Angels went no toe. Yeah, so they just No, missed. they won it no toe. I'm yeah. sorry, they beat Bonds in them. Yeah, well, they just missed that threshold. It's 2023. Oh, crap. I keep forgetting about 2023. <laughs> oh. And the A's. And the A's. Yeah, no, I forgot. Moneyball was not about them winning the World Series. Yo, a movie could make something serious. It's like y'all won like 19 games in like June. But he gets on base. <laughs> was that mean? But he gets on base. <laughs> no, it was not mean. You no, know that's that, that's how I feel whenever I watch draft day. I'm just like, I'm like, yeah, you know Cleveland's still like tr- trash in real life. And Seattle won a Super Bowl, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Then the West. Dodgers, they obviously went. Giants, they obviously went. Padres, no. Nope. Diamondbacks, no. No, yeah, threshold is gone. Yeah. And the Rockies. They, they're, they're, they're in. 07. Remember they beat us? Oh. oh, yeah. Wait, they went to the World Series that year? October, yeah. You'll never guess who they played in LCS because it's just as random. The Brewers. The Diamondbacks. Oh. It's like, what? Yeah, BJ Upton was apparently, no, Justin Upton apparently was cooking. Um, I think we're the only division, yo. That every team has either won or been in the World Series for the last 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Thanks, Miami. <laughs> Shout out to Miami. Shoot, thanks. No, I mean, what do you mean to say thank you, Washington? Because they was bringing up the rear. Oh, yeah. They were the last one. They were the last ones. Well, no, technically, the Braves. Oh, yeah, because they hadn't been this century. Yeah. They haven't been they haven't, they haven't been there since the 90s. Yeah, you're right. They, had not, they hadn't been here in two decades. Yeah. yeah. Well, almost two decades. I really want to rain. I really want to. I need to sit down with a rain. I'm just like, yo. I see, I see, and like I watch the highlights. I need you to tell me, like, firsthand account, how ridiculous that Braves of the '90s team was. Seriously, are the Braves the Philly rival team you respect the most? Like organizationally, like you're just like, I hate y'all, but like. In divisional, yes. 
Well, I mean, uh, to me, like, a rival that's outside of divisional, uh, I'm sorry, you don't you can't have rivals outside of your division. I'm sorry. I just don't believe that. Like, the 49ers aren't our rival. We have beef with them right now, but they're not our rival. So you think the 49ers and the Cowboys aren't rivals? All right, that's fair, because then you can go Cowboys, Packers. But these are, like, traditional generational. Okay. Okay, that's fair. Like, I would say the 49ers and Cowboys are, if not the two, because – I mean, I don't count the Patriots. They've only been popular for 20 years. But I would say the Cowboys and the 49ers might be the two most popular franchises in the sport. Because, like, a lot, there are a lot of Steelers fans and Steelers fans travel, but, like, most Steelers fans are from Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. For the most part, their fan base is pretty true. Even if they are even if they live somewhere else, they're probably a Pittsburgh fan from being from Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Whereas the Niners have a lot of bandwagon fans being a Cali team, and so do the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no. I'm just saying, like, Shout out, to the, shout out to the Eagles fans in Cali. Y'all have no reason to root for us. But we, shout we, out to the Eagles fans in the UK on YouTube. YouTube on um, <laughs> Twitter, I follow Liam Jenkins. Yeah, he's like, he runs, if you guys don't know who that is, he runs the Eagles UK site, which I think is awesome that there's even an Eagles UK Twitter page. But yeah, this guy gets up at what, like, the equivalent of, I guess, like, four in the morning to watch one o'clock Eagle games. I'll buy that guy an Eagle jersey tomorrow. I, the only time I don't feel like you need to have geographical loyalty is if you're not from this country. Yeah. Like, if you weren't born here and you moved somewhere and you're like, I'm a Cowboy fan, I'm not going to be mad at you. Because I get it. But if you, like, are from Philly, like, born and raised, and you're a Cowboy fan, I'm sorry. There's no way you can explain it to me. It won't make sense. Even if you say, well, my dad was a Cowboy fan. Okay. Where are you from, though? Your dad a weirdo. Don't mean you got to be a weirdo. <laughs> That'd be like if you said my dad robbed a bank. Oh, so you going to rob a bank tomorrow? No. All right, then. So you don't got to do everything your parents do. All right, what about Giants fans in the premiere? It's still weird. Because I don't hate the Giants. I'm just like, where did this come from? It's like, you're not from New York. you pop from New York or something. Like, when someone's parent, like, do I agree with it? No. But when someone's parent is from a different place, I get it. Like, I'm, I'm definitely, obviously, more understanding and receptive to it. Because it's like, all right, you literally didn't necessarily choose this. But like I can't even be that. Yeah. Once again, you listen to ninety-eight point five WJYD, running back sports show, sports for the culture. If you want to call to join the discussion, that number is two one five seven six three nine five nine six. So, speaking of, I think it's a good time to switch over to the NFL. And actually, I was, we were we were actually having a discussion last week about um, quarterback archetypes. Mm-hmm. Like, I called you, like, during the middle of, like, me helping out Gas Station with their show. And um, I was like, yo, I'm just thinking about it. I'm just like, how many – because I, I was, like, watching Peyton Manning highlights. And, like, subsequently also at that point I was watching Brady highlights because you can't really talk about Peyton Manning without Tom Brady. Like, those are, like, 1A1. Rock Stone Cold. Yeah. Rock Stone Cold, Hogan Savage, Brett and Sean. Well, yeah. I feel like Brett and Sean's a little more appropriate. Yeah, Brett and Sean. But no, like Peyton and Brady actually like I mean now Peyton now Brett and Sean like each other. Peyton and Brady actually always liked each other. They yeah. were rivals. Sean and Brett actually would have rumbled. <laughs> I still respect the fact that Brett is I'm gonna say the only dude but the only person I know to punch Vince Dead in his face. And Vince ain't do nothing. Can't say he didn't deserve it. That's why Vince ain't do nothing. He knew he was out of pocket. And in a way, I can kind of respect that. It's like, you know you're wrong, and you know you deserve that. It's like, yeah, you know what? Yeah, I'll take this. I was tripping. My fault, y'all. 
Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, but yeah, I was thinking about Anchor Tyson Line. I was watching those two. I'm just like, and I was explaining to Jamal. I'm just like, there may be some quarterbacks who are kind of similar to like Manning and Brady, kind of like you know, like the Joe Burrows, Trevor Lawrence's, the Justin Herberts. But I don't think we're ever going to see, you know, two quarterbacks who are who are a combination of the cerebralness of of the quarterback position, but also that limited offensively being able to take over the game today. Exactly. Because with the way, you know, defensive lines are now, you know, oriented, even with the leagues to kind of like make it like a pass-happy league, you're kind of seeing like you have to have some sort of mobility in order for you to thrive at the position today. Yeah, I mean – As far as what I'm thinking, as far as my archetype, if I'm drafting a guy, okay, give me the Lamar Vic archetype. If you're asking me what I'm looking for, if I get him GM, give me the Lamar Vic guy. And the reason I say that is because I can put all that other stuff around you. I can go get you. I can go get you receivers. I can go get you a line. I can go get you a coach that will scheme for you. I can't teach that guy given ability to flick the ball 70 yards or that guy given ability to shake eight defenders on the way to the end zone. And like I said, to me, Lamar is just Vic on steroids. He's just Vic who studied his playbook. And so with that being said, and then also watching the story on Lamar a couple weeks ago is he was struggling when he first got to Louisville of, like, learning the playbook. So his coach at Louisville was the one that really helped him learn how to read plays, learn how to read defenses. So this is a guy who's willing to learn and is smart enough to learn. So I say all that to say, yeah, give me give me the Lamar Jackson type of archetype. Like if you're taking one person league, I know it sounds crazy to take anybody over Patty, but I'm sorry. Yeah. You also have to think like Mahomes also fell into the most ideal situation that any young quarterback. Exactly. I think people for the for the to, to the end of time people will forget that part conveniently. Yeah. So that's not to diminish what he's doing, it's just it's a perfect storm. Yeah. So, like, the way I set it up, it's like, I had to think, I made, like, eight archetypes. And, like, cause I feel like if I make more than eight, I feel like everybody would have, like, their own, like, separate category in a way. Exactly. So, I broke it down to, like, the Alex Smith archetype. Um, we were going back and forth on this. The Breeze, Rus- the Drew Breeze, Russell Wilson archetype in terms of, you know, like, shorter quarterbacks. Yep, with a little bit of mobility, but yes. Yeah, and it's like at this point, it's like, it's like I said a few years ago. I'm like, I feel like Bre- Russell Wilson is kind of like taking over like what Drew Brees was. Yes, one hundred percent. Yeah, so I got that. Um, the Matt Ryan archetype, which is like, in a way, limited in terms of, whereas like good, good pocket quarterback. He could win you an MVP if, if all things go right, if, if the situation surrounding himself. And limited runner. Um, then I got the Cam Newton archetype, which is like... Big-bodied, moves like a truck, can run a four 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 five, cannon arm, like just... Built out of like you just created a Madden quarterback and was on, and was drawing that day like screw it. I'm he's your he's your quarterback for NFL Street. Yes, he literally is. The, first of all, Cam is built like it's funny that NFL Street came out before 
Cam was a thing because he literally would just look like an NFL street character. Like, you wouldn't have – how everybody was, like, unnecessarily beefy. Yeah. Speaking of, bring back NFL street. I feel like it was Dante – he was Dante Culpepper, but, like, you, like, feel like a few ticks up for his speed. Exactly. Yeah. And then, like, the A-Rod archetype, which is, like – You can do kind of everything. Yeah. Then the Andrew Luck archetype, which is, like – I. Which is now, like, in my opinion, like, the new hybrid where it's, like, you get, like, all the good qualities of, like, Manning, but also the athleticism. Exactly. Then, like, the Farb archetype, which is, like, really good arm, but you're a legitimate, you're a risk taker. The Vic archetype, which is kind of self-explanatory. And then I have, then I had, like, one category with, like, I can't properly evaluate due to, like, lack of what I've seen. Exactly. So. so you're either too young or you haven't played enough. Yeah. Yeah, so. And there's a lot of Alex Smith archetypes in this league. I feel like that's like the bare minimum requirement for you to be a starter. Whereas like you have a real good situation around you. You can you can you can run to get the first down if it's a third and four. Cause I feel like what was the year that uh, Alex Smith won that playoff game against the Saints and they won- and they went to the Super and uh, they had that run? It was like 2011. Yes, I the feel catch, like the catch too. Yes, yes, I feel like that's peak Alex Smith in terms of the powers that be, in terms of good coaching, good cir- circumstances around him, and then playing playing to his part. Yeah, because the guys that are in this tier that we've talked about, you know, off air, and I'm, I'm sure you're going to mention a little bit just to give people an example: Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins. They can win playoff games. They can win big games. They can when surrounded by the pro. Those are guys that, if you ever look at their best years, look at their roster construction and coaching. They probably had the most health that they had. They probably had the best pieces around them, and they probably had the best coach they had. Whereas guys like A. Rod, guys like I can't even say Brady because Brady's never really had to make chicken salad out of chicken crap. Like I guess this last year in Tampa, but it was like y'all still suck. So I can't really I'm about to say, you still had Mike Evans, you still had Chris Godwin. Exactly. By the way, I saw, um, no, it wasn't Jamel Dean. Was it Carlton Banks? was like, oh, yeah, um, don't sleep on us. We're going to be good this year. And I was like, he kind of has a point. Baker's not trash. As a Baker fan, you know. Baker's not necessarily trash. He's not. These will arguably, you could say, oh, we had OBJ and whoever. These could arguably be the two best receivers he's going to have ever had. Like, this this is a chance for him. What is what is Baker? Twenty seven. Yeah, twenty seven. So this is a chance for him to, as he's hitting his prime, walk right into a situation where he could be right back in the upper echelon of quarterbacks in the league. Yeah. Yeah, but they also don't have a lead running back, and then their offensive line is in shambles. So having a lead running back is overrated. We just went to the Super Bowl with Miles Sanders. Our best. I'm. Yeah, I know, but I'm just saying for. Baker, at the peak of his powers in terms of what he was able to do, he had a really good, he had a decent, run, he had a really good running game to lean on in terms of to operate on play action. That's true. Yeah. So. That being said, like you may be right, but at the same time, they're going to be playing for the Caleb Williams sweepstakes. That's true. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Uh, that we can agree on. Yeah. So, like Alex Swift archetype was like. I got Sam Howell in there. I think Brock Purdy's that. Uh, Desmond Ritter. And uh, I'm not sure how you're going to feel about this, but Geno Smith. 
Ooh, which tier? The Alex Smith tier. That's a fair. That's fair. I mean, I mean, if you want to be all the way honest, there was a tier that he was going to exist in before that. I'm glad he got out of. Which one? Unrealized potential. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess that was like its own tier. I mean, if you want to have, a, do you have a bus tier? No, I, I try to. I got 34. I got 34 quarterbacks. I'm trying to properly evaluate them. So like, I'm trying to give at least like props to all of them. Outside of like the can't like properly evaluate, but like, yeah, Hal, Purdy, Ritter, Geno, Jimmy G, Tannehill, Kenny Pickett, Mac Jones, and Hendon Hooker. So these are all like the unproven and uh, no, that's the Alex Smith archetype. In the hookers in the Alex Smith archetype, from the the stuff from the tape that I watched from from Tennessee, I'm like, yeah, this guy's Alex Smith. He has a pretty strong arm. He does. I mean, Alex's arm wasn't trash. There was a reason why he's the number one pick. I'm just saying, like the way that Tennessee was operating, I'm just like, there's a lot of talent on the Tennessee team. Yeah. Yeah. Did Jalen Wyatt get drafted? Yeah. Yeah. He went. Yeah. To the Giants. Yeah, very. And they had an NFL offensive line, <laughs> also. <laughs> yeah, so. Yeah, so. Then, 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 like the one we talked about, the Breeze Wilson archetype. Yep. Obviously, Russell Wilson is headlining it. Yep. Uh, Jalen Hurts. Yep. Bryce Young, Dak Prescott. Yep. The functionally mobile guys. Yeah, and Tua. Yes. Yeah. And. This is the one that I kind of wanted to like. Gets you does, I have Kyler also on there. Do you think he's more of that or more of the Vic archetype? He's both, but I would say he's more like if you had to do like fifty-one forty-nine, in terms of like leaning towards. I'm leaning towards the Russell Wilson tier, but only because he doesn't run as often as Lamar and Michael Vick does. Like, there are some design collar runs that, you know, we'll see with this new coach when he comes back from his injury or whatever, how it's going to go. But, yeah. 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 Then, you know, the Matt Ryan archetype. You know, Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins, and Jared Goff. Yeah. And um, we talked about that. That was the, you're good, but you're never great here. Yeah. Like, like an off year, if everything goes right, you can win MVP. Yes. And you could even be in the Super Bowl as yeah. Matt Ryan. Yep. And also I have CJ Stroud on there as well. What, in the uh, Matt Ryan? Matt Ryan series? Yeah. Because you don't think his ceiling is as high as other people, but you feel like his floor is so low. Yes. Like, in your mind, there's no doubt he's going to be a serviceable player. Yeah. Like, to be honest, like, I have no doubts in my mind, like, if – Everything goes right in Houston. I feel like he's could throw for 3,500 yards, 25 touchdowns in his rookie year. Oh, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. That's not even like this crazy accomplishment the way it used It's to not. Be. It's just like that's your floor. It's like your ceiling could be a little better, like 40, 4,500 yards, at least 30 touchdowns. But yeah, you're right. So then there's the Cam Newton archetype. And there are only like three guys that I have in there. It's Josh Allen, Anthony Richardson. And and honestly, I think I think you'll I think you'll understand this one, Daniel Jones. What for running first yards? Yeah. Yeah. The Daniel Jones one, you didn't have to put a caveat on that. I totally understand. Yeah. 
He just started using his arm last year. He just remembered he was a quarterback last year. Mm. It's funny what happens when you have a real coach. Yep. <sighs> like, and now he has, now he has better competent weapons around him. You know, you trade for Darren Waller. You got to draft yourself a deep gun, Jalen Hyatt. Saquon Barkley is still there for now. If they think it work out his contract, <laughs> let's see. And then there's the A-Rod archetype with Rodgers, Mahomes, and Sean Watson. Yep. And that's the four best overall talented quarterbacks in the league. Where you can literally do anything. You want to have a shootout. You want to go slow and plotting. You want to scramble. You want to make long, ridiculous arm throws. You can do it all. Yep. Then there's the Andrew Luck archetype, which is like the new breed. Uh, Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence, and Justin Herbert. Yeah. And Charger fans, I heard your plea because I posted this. I'm like, yes. <laughs> then there's a far of archetype, which is Baker Mayfield and Matthew Stafford. <laughs> then the Vic archetype, which is we explained earlier, Lamar Jackson and uh, Justin Fields. And then the only two that I have in the properly can't evaluate um, tier is Jordan Lo- Jordan Love and uh, Trey Lance. Maul, your thoughts? Um, does he belong in that tier? I would say yes. I would say yes. For me, um, so the A Rod tier is the full top tier, right? In in theory, if we're if we're ranking the tiers of best to worst, right? Yeah. And then who's the A tier if their guys are S tier? Um, Andrew Lux. Okay, so those are the next four guys, and then the so we're okay. So if you're ranking archetype, but technically you're not ranking skill, let's say. I mean, you're not ranking skill level, rather. Yeah. Okay. Um, because my thing is, is that I feel like, from an all-purpose standpoint, if I can get everything those circumstance right, then I agree with that. I would take Lamar. Yeah. Because what he could do with his legs, and like I can get, I can get a, I can get an offensive coordinator to like scheme him, you know, proper pass. Yeah. I can get a line. That's nothing. Yeah. That's a couple S- years of draft capital. Yeah. Same with Mahomes. Like it's a, okay. So that's why whenever people do the whole, like, Mahomes and Lamar thing, I'm like, you have to package the fact that you literally have Mahomes. It's like Andy Reid wasn't ready to date Donovan McNabb when he was dating Donovan McNabb. But he was ready to date Patrick Mahomes when Patrick Mahomes came out. He was that guy. Yeah. So he was ready to be that type of coach that if he would have coached McNabb the way he coached Mahomes and, like, gave him this leeway and gave him this and all this at the third, we'd be in a whole different situation right now. Yeah, yeah like, don't think that, like, well, I, I don't think, like, if Mahomes, uh, if Lamar went to the Chiefs, it would be the same thing. No, we already saw that in Philly with Michael Vick. You put it, but now you got a 20, a kid who's eight years younger, obviously not as fast, does not have a rocking arm, but he does all the other intangible things that you can from a younger, from an older Vick, but he's a lot younger and a lot more, a lot more, a lot more coachable. And the guy already won an MVP, so. Ain't no slouch. Yeah. I just hate 
to an extent, he has, he hasn't even made a Super Bowl. He hasn't even made an uh, AFC title game yet. Yeah. But it's coming. I think, I don't think, Lam- I, I, I truly believe Lamar's not going to leave this league without a championship. No. I think he has to do it. And I only black quarterbacks everywhere. That's no disrespect to Patrick Mahomes. He has to do it for black qu- He has to do it for black quarterbacks everywhere. That's no disrespect to Patrick Mahomes. I'm just being real. But um, also, I just feel like he's such. He to me, he's my favorite leader in all of football. He he dives on the sword for his guys. He, he's very like Westbrookish, but without like kind of like the annoying passive aggressive anger. Um, he's just like, nah, man, that's my guy. You're not gonna give me to say anything bad or, no, nah, I'm rocking out for this or I'm rocking out. I'm doing that. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. Yeah, right, Lamar right. would be my number one pick in the league if I could get somebody. Followed by Sunshine. You already know. T-Law. Over Joe? Yeah, because just because I think T-Law's a better natural athlete over time. Okay. So if I have to really weigh it down and really take take all you know subjectiveness out of it, right, and say, okay, mentally on the board, they're pretty much the same guy. So what is going to be the one difference? It's like Joe is kind of athletic. T-Law can move. So... So, like, what, Mahomes will be third on your board? Yes. Okay. At the end of the day, he's still a gunslinger. So, if I don't get the perfect quarterback, not perfect quarterback, excuse me, if I don't get the perfect coach and the perfect situation for him to transition into, I think it kind of gotten real Trey Youngish football style for Patrick Mahomes early on. Well, I think what we saw from Josh Allen last year. Because remember – it's crazy that you just said I was talking about a guy coming to the league and you're talking about Josh Allen in his prime. Hate to see it. Hate to see when Chris hitches his wagon to a losing quarterback. I'm sorry, did I say that out loud? Yeah, well, who got more playoff wins, him or Lamar? Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It be it, your own people. It, it, it do. <laughs> it really do. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. crazy. Hey, listen. So if you draft, then you taking Josh Allen over Lamar. Go ahead and say this because it's documented. Let's just know we're recording. Go ahead and say this. I'll like, go ahead and say that circumstances given you, you're picking this team, you're picking this coach, you're picking these players, you're picking your GM, you're picking you're, these you're players. You're talking about as of right now or coming out? Both. Coming out of the draft and taking Lamar. Josh Allen needed a lot of work. He did a lot of work. Yeah, like it took him three years for him to, to finally be like a quarterback I'm comfortable with like, okay, yeah, I, I, I could believe in this guy. And even as of right now, I'm still taking Lamar. Exactly. I'll tell you one thing, Lamar wouldn't have got rolled, rolled over and got cooked like that at home. I mean, he did against Tennessee. That was that, that, oh, that was different. <laughs> that was different. Uh-huh, sure. All right, dude. Listen, Derrick Henry was out here drawing. Yeah, well. He don't play defense. Friendly reminder, Derrick Holt. <laughs> Derrick Henry and Lamar Jackson had the same amount of touchdown passes that game. You got it. <laughs> you got it. Because you want to know why? When Josh Holmes, Josh, mm, 
We're getting tired, folks. Are when Josh Allen? I'm fine. Is home again, and Chris got the smack face in early January, as always per the last four years. When every time he's like, nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. And then they don't circle the wagons. I just want y'all to keep this conversation in mind. He got a lot to say right now. This was the same exact thing last year. You had a lot to say. Um, man, Joe Burrow, you see what happened? He couldn't. He couldn't. Uh, okay. Josh, uh, the Bills. I'm telling you, Bills charges AFC title game. Okay. What happened? Chargers didn't do their part. Oh, it was the Chargers. Yeah. Because the Chargers got cooked at home. The Chargers got cooked on the road. Exactly. Y'all got cooked at home. And y'all had all of that money. I'm going, and you know where I'm about to go. And y'all had all this emotional triumph, and DeMar Hamlin was in the, yo. That clearly was a distraction. Y'all got cooked, and that we man needed, was in the press box. They needed that man. That's on, crazy. They needed him on the field. <laughs> somebody needed to tackle Joe Mixon. <laughs> I just remember one of the memes was somebody was like, y'all was doing all this, making sure he cool. Y'all should have had that man suit up. He looked fine to me. I'm like, real rap, though. Y'all look like y'all could oh, use some safety help. We're getting real, real Yo, people were so rude. I was dying. It was like, listen, y'all should have got that man to suit up. I'm like, <laughs> bro, he had a heart attack on the field pretty much. Like, what's wrong with y'all? That's crazy, man. That's crazy. Y'all yeah, but safety help now. out there. He yeah, all right now. No, nah, but they talking about, yeah, he all right now. I'm like, <laughs> Yo, I, and then remember Buffalo scored first. I was like, yeah, okay. And then proceeded to fold like an accordion. That's a, that's the worst part. It's like, yep. Y'all lost, y'all lost by 17 at home, and it was snowing. And you had the emotional advantage. And now Stefan Diggs, Diggs want to act all weird now. I'm just like. All oh. I'm saying is. All I'm saying is. First of all, I'm not even picking Buffalo this year, dude. I'm just saying. No, I'm just saying. Listen, I watch. The, listen. You know me. I watch off seasons. I watched from the mountains. Oh my God. Baku. I watched from the mountains. And I watched the Baltimore Ravens finally get wide receivers for Lamar. I watched Odell, Zay Flowers, two tight ends with Mark Andrews and Isaiah Likely. This is the year Lamar needs to stay healthy and they go to the Super Bowl. I think I'm going to put money on Lamar with MVP. Wouldn't be down with it. Five dollars of a future for Lamar to win MVP. I, I don't know who to pick MVP this year. There's like ten candidates, and they're all like quarterbacks. I just want someone to win it that's not a quarterback. Good luck with that. Yeah, shout out to that, AP. That's where that's you got to put money on offense player of the year. That's what that's that's the constellation. Bro. Shout out to AP. Yeah, you know, I'm putting all my money on uh, Justin Fields winning offensive player of the year this year. <sighs> yeah, listen, listen. The league, uh, the league is at its best when a black man is in. I thought you was going to say when a Buckeye is balling. I was going to be like, no, it's not. No, it's not. No, it's not. I'm like, that crazy. I'm like, I'm so like said no one ever. Even Ohio State, other Ohio State fans looking at you like, no, nah, Christian. I'm like, dog, the closest, the closest thing we had to that was Zeke. He got them to 13-3, and everybody wanted to get that credit. He had 18 yards as a rookie. People forget about that. <laughs> yeah, they do. Yeah.
Sit down. It's gonna be a good season. Yes. So uh, who, you, so money wise, who you gonna put down? Who you gonna get, put money down on uh, to win uh, offensive rookie of the year? Ooh. Uh, excuse me. Um, I think there's gonna be too many balls to go around for Jackson Smith and Jigba. So I think he's gonna be perform well in that offense, but I don't think he's gonna put up the numbers. Mm. Zay will come close, but I don't think he'll win it. Just because I still feel like Baltimore's still gonna be run leaning. Bryce. I think the Panthers were well coached last year. I think they're gonna be well coached again this year. Frank Wright. I think they have a great team. I like that young defense, like a lot, like a lot, a lot. Jeremy Chin, Brian Burns, Derek Brown, they got some studs over there. And they only read up. You still got J.C. Horn, another stud at corner. Like, they got some pieces. I would say the only thing I would like to see them get is another receiver next year, and I'm sure that's what, what whoever the top receiver in the draft, if they stink again, just pencil. Like how, like, in certain drafts, you just like, all right, like with the Bengals, you just knew to pencil him for who the best receiver coming out was. We all knew it was Chase, so it was like pencil him for Chase if they get this pick. And then they got the fifth pick, and it was like, yeah, Penny Sewell is cool. Just get Jamar Chase. And I think the same thing for Bryce Young. If there's going to – if Marvin Harrison Jr. is on the board at six and they're six, you might as well just pencil the Panthers in. I think that's fair, right? Yeah, but I don't think Carolina's going to be that bad. I think of anything. I think they're going to be very good. I think they're going to win the South. Is Marvin random side note? Is Marvin Harrison going to be a top ten pick? Yes, sure. Yes, no doubt in my mind. Insane. Yes. Honestly, I'm going to be different with this. And to be honest, I feel like if Dan Gamble fully leans into it, he could definitely win it. Jameer Gibbs. So what do you got, David Montgomery? And, and Gibbs, right? Yes. That's your two running backs right now? Yep. Jameson Williams is going to miss the first five games for your suspension. Yeah. Which is crazy because, like, I, I, he is my he is my Josh Gordon. I just hope I'm right because I see it. Every play I see it, it's just like he's dusting dudes down. But he looks he has, like, that effortless Randy Moss yeah. vibe. I think people really undersell the fact that, like, I might think Gibbs is just as good as B. John Robinson. Because we want to talk about, you know, the ultimate weapon thing. Jameer Gibbs can, can line up in the slot. Yep. For sure can. Yeah. So, like, if you find a way to at least get him, like, 200 touches, he can have, like, over, like, 1,500 all-purpose shirts and, like, 10 TDs. Easily. Yes. Do you think that wins him rookie of the year, though? Because I think the obvious choice is Bijan, right? I think it's the easy choice. Yeah. Because you know he's going to get a lot of carries in Atlanta. Atlanta may or may not be competitive depending on what Ritter gives them. Yeah. The only reason why I'm not crazy about Bijan is because I'm not crazy about Arthur Smith. Yeah. Like, Detroit was a top offense last year, and you saw the pieces around them. It's like, it's good, it's young, and it's but it's like, you're adding, like, a legitimate playmaker who can elevate your offense kind of like in a way like Deontay Swift can't because of availability. No, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. I like Gibbs a lot, man. Yeah. I know we, we, we made out like bandits and we got Jalen, but I I just feel like 
we can never. But I'm also really like our running back room because yeah. we went and got guys that I love. I love Rashad Penny. One of my favorite guys in the league. One of I my guys. I love DeAndre Swift. And I love the exactly one of my favorite guys. Kenny Gainwell. Anyway, what? Don't do that. Don't don't you do that? Don't, don't now all of a sudden pretend Kenny Gainwell is that boy because he had a couple of nice game moments. First in the of all, for, first let's of all, not do that. First of all, let's also listen. As much as we love the new additions, let's not pretend there's a reason why we got them at a bargain price. Well. DeAndre Swift was about to have – they were going to have to pay him the bag. And Rashad Penny is an injury risk, so that's why we got him in the bargain. DeAndre Swift is also an injury risk also. There's a reason why Jamal Williams led the league in touchdowns last year. He's also just a better goal line running back, but I get what you're saying. It's the reason we got Penny and Swift. I mean, Jamal Williams in there got, got him paid. That's still crazy to me. You break Barry Sanders' record, and it was like, yeah, we're going to get you up out of here, punk. He's, you know? he's with the Saints now, right? Yes, he is. Oh my God! Him and Alvin. Yeah, I know. I know. If Derek Carr has his head on right, the Saints could be annoying, like very annoying. Like not make the playoffs annoying, but like ruin our playoffs heating annoying. Yeah, where it's like, oh hey, Michael Thomas, you're finally healthy. Yeah. It's like, wait a minute, is Michael Thomas healthy? Wait a minute, Chris, Ol- Chris Olave and Michael. Tom- wait a minute, y'all got a tight end. Tom much? Y'all got two good running backs. Taysom Hill. When did y'all get a good team again? Oh my God! Why are y'all nine to four? Get go away! <laughs> Derek Carr got four thousand yards in week twelve. How? Wait, when did Sean Payton get back? Oh, he in Denver. Wait, what? Yeah, Dennis Allen out here cooking. How? I don't know. <laughs> That's a recipe I can't explain. No funny, no. But I really feel like if you put Payton, if Payton came back to his roster, they would win the South with East. No, for sure. Yeah. But I feel like Peyton and Russell that's gonna be that's gonna be interesting to watch and to keep keep tabs on. No, for sure. Because if last year was just truly an anomaly and Sean Peyton was like, Yeah, Russ, you just need to do this and that you got Jerry Judy, you got Cortland Sutton. Bro, what are you doing? Exactly. And everything just works itself out. I think the Broncos are going to be good this year. By the way, yeah. I don't know why everybody thinks that that's not far fetched. It's it's not, but it's just the fact that the rest of the AFC is just like absolutely loaded. Yeah. Regular murderers row over there. Yeah, like three out of those four divisions, you can literally vouch for like three teams went making making the playoffs. Exactly. And in, and in one case, you could argue four. Yeah. Didn't we almost put four in the playoffs last year? Yes. Thanks, Rob Rivera, for putting Carson Wentz back in. Bruh, can you chill? I'm just saying, like, Taylor Heineke was cooking. Right. But also, hear me out. I think Washington's going to be sneakily good again this year. I think so. Yeah. And if how is if Howe has anything, like anything, they should be good. Yeah. McLaurin yeah. and jo- Dotson. Brian Robinson. Antonio Gibson. And Eric Bianami's calling the plays. If the enemy is, is any good as a play caller as what he hopes to be with those weapons around him, that is going to be very annoying to face twice a year. Our division is good once again. I, yeah. I, I, I firmly believe that. The Mind you, the Cowboys went and got Stephon Gilmore, which is going to be annoying. Yeah. Good thing they got, they got and, A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. Yeah, and they got Brandon Cooks. <laughs> Shoot, the Giants went and got, uh, 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 what's Dan, his name? Darren Waller. Yeah, Darren Waller. 
Yeah. Jalen Wyatt in the draft. I'm just like, oh, stop getting good. They cut Kenny Galladay, right? They did. I don't think so. I think he's still on the team. Hey, yo. <laughs> I know y'all not about to pay this man $19 million and I start. I mean, gotta put that money to, they got to put that money to some use. I'm going to trade that man for something useful. Like what? This a pick. This ain't NBA. Listen, this ain't the NBA, man. Why y'all thought y'all had to pay Kenny Galladay next year, man? Oh, no, because he had that one good year in Detroit, and they was like, you know what? Hmm. Not Kenny Galladay. You know what? That, that's the answer to our problems. It's like, no. Said no one ever. <laughs> for sure, said no one ever. Yeah. And the funny thing is, is that the like it wasn't even paying like when he got the money it wasn't because of like the the previous year it was the year before they got over nearly twelve hundred yards and eleven touchdowns golly yeah twelve hundred yards and eleven touchdowns yeah like uh, eleven hundred ninety yards eleven TDs in twenty nineteen but oh my oh my god that's I'm sorry I'm just looking at the target to reception ratio that's that's hideous. What? 116 targets and only 65 catches. For who? Kenny Galladay. Ugh. That's a that's his career year. That's a horrible play discrepancy. That's either a lot of drops or a lot of overthrows. Yeah. Probably a little bit of both. Yeah. None, yeah. And the staff for throwing the ball is definitely both. Oh, it's for sure both. Yeah. That's Brett Favre's son. I'm convinced of that. It is. It would be wild if it really was. Well, I'm glad you inherited the own. Well, I'm, I'm glad you're your own man and didn't inherit the other parts about him. I mean, what, like stealing money from a women's basketball? Yeah, you know. Program. Yeah, and sending uh, unnecessary photos to women. Oh, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. No, no. Yeah. We're, we're going down that road. Oh, boy. But on that note, those are the archetypes list. We're actually going to post it later on our Instagram. On our, on our Twitter and Instagram to get any sort of feedback that you got. Heck yeah. Yeah. On that note, I think it's a good time to end the show. Yeah. We're going to get to a 2022 NFL redraft next week. Yes. Which is going to be nice. We're going to talk about where guys should have gone, who's disappointed us, who's excited us, who we think needs a little more time to get it together. That being said, I'm pretty sure Sauce Gardner is number one on both our boards. Yeah, I would say so. I think <laughs> he was easily the best rookie last year if you were really watching. Yeah. And just the overall best player. Also, Kenneth Walker is a first-round pick, too. Yeah. Yep. Shoot. Chris Olave, all the, it's funny because all the receivers might just stay in their same spot. Like, wherever they went, you might as well just stay there. I don't think anybody moves up, and I also don't think any of the first-round guys move down. I, I, gotta, I think I have at least, like, two wide receivers in the top ten. Really? Yeah. Well, Olave was awesome last year. He was. So, so, was, Garrett, so, so was Garrett. Yeah. yeah. Drake was decent. Who? It's like, no. Yeah. Drake London was pretty good, though. Yeah. That being said, yeah, Chris Thomas. You got Jamal Thomas. You're listening to the Running Back Sports Show, Sports for the Culture, every Tuesday from 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern. Until next time, we will see you next week. Yes, we will.